The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. Good morning. Well, today we're going to be discussing various facets of animal investigations. Now, um, I know it sounds a little odd, but the, but it is. We always hear something about animals on the news: treatment of animals, bad treatment of animals, um, people that are activists against treatment of uh, uh, bad treatment of animals, or testing against animals, and all of those kind of things. So, I met my guest Rihanna Carey through a very interesting article she wrote for PI Magazine. Now, regular listeners probably know that PI Magazine is a sponsor of the show, and the article appeared in the April two thousand. 14 edition. So in, let me just say, if you're interested in subscribing to PI Magazine, uh, go to www.pimagazine.com and you are, it'll lead you to the place where you can subscribe. Very interesting magazine. There's all kinds of articles that are related to investigation and that's how I came about meeting Rihanna. Hello, Rihanna. Hello. How are you today, Francie? I'm great. So tell us about yourself. Well, I am um, currently living in Eugene. I just got married, so calling myself Carrie, I need to remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Rihanna Carrie. (laughs) And I'm currently working um, at an allergy, asthma, and immunology clinic. So, you know, this is kind of um, something that I love to do on my spare time, writing, and especially about animals. um, And so I uh, came up writing the article for PI Magazine because of my love and interest in animals and, you know, wanting to know more about the animal laws. And um, I always follow a lot of, like, the agriculture business um, and what's going on with, with them because, you know, I want to know where my food came from. So um, right, it was course. definitely something that was very interesting for me to write about. So Yeah, and you are personal friends with Grace Castle, who's the editor at PI Magazine, and she's also been on this show as well. Yeah, so, she's a wonderful woman. So. Yeah. Now, but yeah. you're a, you're a full time nurse, actually. Yes, I am. I'm a full time nurse who, um, you know, enjoys writing. I blog a little, and um, so it's definitely uh, I love nursing, and I actually got into nursing through um, working for loss prevention, which is kind of funny. But um, oh, that is funny. Now, yeah, how, I tell us how that came about. <laughs> well, um, I do have a loss prevention investigation pass, and um, I worked at a retail store, which uh, was probably one of the funnest jobs I've, I've ever had. It was, it was a really good time. Um, we did a lot of employee investigations, um, you know, shoplifting cases, 
um, it's interesting because about 60% of loss from a company is due to internal theft. And so um, that was kind of what was driving my job is, um, you know, doing internal investigations. Um, There's a lot of resources that we have on the computer because there's a lot of, there's just a lot of opportunity for people to be dishonest in the um, retail world. So um, there's got to be some oversight and someone watching out. So it was really, it was a really fun job. You know, there was definitely sad times of it as well. Um, being, mm-hmm. being shoplifters that didn't really, uh, um, I don't know, have a lot of knowledge or, um, I mean, it was definitely, it was a hard job, but it was a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely miss it sometimes. And how did you get from there to nursing? Well, um, we kind of did a lot of things in the store. Um, you know, we respond to emergency situations and um, whether it was like medical or like hostile people towards employees or um, or even customers. But um, once there was a, a, a call that I went on where I actually had to resuscitate someone. So um, <laughs> that experience just kind of has always stuck with me and I, I enjoyed, you know, practically saving someone's life. So um, for me, it definitely kind of made me want to pursue nursing. And then the kind of the more that I did research about it and um, it just, it just fit. I'm very compassionate towards animals and humans. And um, I didn't really want to be a vet because I couldn't really euthanize pets. Okay. All right. And and I'm assuming the guy, the person you resuscitated survived. Yes, he did. He did. He survived. So it was okay. a great feeling. <laughs> All right. So then you decided to go to nursing school. That was, uh, and where was that? Um, up in Portland. I started for um, my preceptorship and all that stuff. Um, my prerequisites I did at Portland Community College. Um, and then I started at um, Pioneer Pacific College is where I got my nursing license from. So I started working at an acute care um, right out of nursing school. And that was a lot of work. That was, um, you know, a lot of acute patients who um, had a, a lot of medical issues that were that were really sad to see. But I felt great do, doing it because someone's you know got to help them. So and um, and Rihanna, what does acute care mean? Um, it's people who are just coming out of the hospital and um, who can't care for themselves at home. So. Um, there was a lot of uh, wounds because obviously acute care is a step down from um, the hospital and the hospital is so expensive. Um, yeah. Plus the rate of infection at hospitals. I mean, you right. kind of want to get out of a hospital as soon as you can. So um, they would go to acute care because they, they didn't have anyone to care for them at home or, you know, their, their wounds were too large or there's like ostomies that you have to teach people about. Um, just a broad spectrum of different medical things that, um, you know, they needed rehabilitation for. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. And, and then, then I, I guess your love for animals has been a lifelong journey. Oh, always. You know, I'm, I always had a lot of pets <laughs> growing up. I'd always bring pets home and um, my mom didn't like it so much, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> I definitely, I didn't mind. Um, I now have a, a little dog who's like my child and I just, I couldn't imagine, um, you know, any harm coming to her or, um, I just treat her as pretty much a kid. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm um, no kidding. 
Well, I thought it was really interesting, Brianna, that um, because this is this I think is unusual that you uh, also are a hunter, (laughs) and that that seems like a contradiction. So let's talk about that. Oh well, it definitely is, and um, I actually started um, my my knowledge on um, the agriculture business um, with this book and. Um, it started talking in depth about, and it, it's got a bad name in it, so I don't know if I can say it on the radio, but... <laughs> um, go ahead. It, it's if it's in a book, skinny, it's, you can go ahead and say it, it. It's called Skinny Bitch is the name, okay. and it, it, it talks about um, the agriculture business, and it actually really opened my eyes to a lot of things that were happening that... Um, I, I didn't know about, which is crazy because a lot of people don't. You know, they just kind of have this disconnect with their food. Um, they mm-hmm. go to the grocery store and pick up on aisle five. You know, they don't really know the path that it's traveled from from the field to the table. So um, just reading that book, I decided to become vegan, actually, because I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want to eat, <laughs> I didn't want to eat the meat that came from the grocery store. And, uh-huh. um... So with that, you know, it was a very hard lifestyle change, and I was that way for probably four months, and I, my body just couldn't do it. I couldn't take it. I had to have protein out from other than just beans or soy or, you know, tempeh. Yeah, so yeah. Um, my body, I just needed it. And some people, you know, if you can be a vegan, then that's great, and I say more power to you, but I couldn't. So... Um, then I met my husband who introduced me to, um, ethically killed organic, clean eating, um, with, you know, meat that you harvest yourself, you process it yourself. And, um, that was just a great avenue for me. So, um, and what does that mean, Rihanna? What does ethically killed meat mean? Well, um, you know, you're kind of out there, you know, how the animal died. And, um, you know, ideally it's quick, which most of the time it is. So, um, you, you know, do all the processing yourself. You watch the animal, um, pass, you know, that it was, uh, you know, you think it, you respect it, you, um, you know, say your animal prayer for it and think it for the nourishment it's giving your body. Um, and you know, you're the one that's cutting it up. You're the one that is packaging it, um, you know where it came from, and you know that it lived an amazing life in the wild. Hmm. So, it, and, and, it, and what kind of animals are you talking about? Um, elk. I killed a, I killed an elk this year. You did um, yourself? Yes, <laughs> I did myself. Wow. Good for um, you. Yeah, and um, my my husband and I both. You know, it's, it's a good time for us to have with each other um, out in the woods, and it's not the killing part that I like. It's being out and just kind of, I don't know, being out in the wilderness. It's just, it's just a very refreshing experience. And, you know, you're out there just kind of solo on your own. And, um, it's, it's amazing. I, I really feel like every meal that I have from an animal that I've harvested myself is that much more nourishing and that much more satisfying for myself. Mm, so. Interesting. It's very, it's definitely- very interesting. So you're, yeah. You are such a contradiction, Rihanna. This I is, know. I agree. I totally do. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you, so you hunt around the Eugene area? Yeah. Um, there's definitely all different animals. Um, we're going to be going on a bear hunt, which I'm, I'm definitely excited about because there's a lot of stuff I want to cook up with bear. But 
Um, we do deer, turkey. Turkey is one of my favorite. Um, they're they're definitely small and very wily, so they're hard to get. But um, the meat is delicious. It, it, it tastes it tastes a lot different than a store bought turkey, but it's um it's it's really good if you know how to cook it. It's it's delicious. It's a lot tougher because obviously you know they're not all fatty and sitting around and um, they run around a lot for to save their lives. So um, they definitely don't have as juicy of meat, but if you cook it in the crock pot, it's really good. <laughs> so you actually, uh, and we're going to need to take a break, and I, but I want to get yeah. into this when we come back. Uh, you write actually wild game recipes. Yes, I do. I do. So you... Because uh, I never knew. And I actually have a friend who, who, who brought it up to me because... Um, I was always asking her for tips. I'm like, oh, how do you cook this? What do you do with this? Because, you know, a lot of people don't know. I mean, how do you how do you cook wild game? So um, I feel like it's helpful for people to be able to see uh, recipes and get different ideas of what to do. Interesting. So you must have yeah. figured out a way to get the wild taste out of it? No. I mean, it's something that, I, I mean, I can't even eat beef anymore just because okay. of the lean... Um, the lean meat that elk provides is, uh, it's, it's so delicious. I don't know. You should try it sometime. It okay. Really, well, we're, all delicious. right. We're going to take, we're going to take okay. a brief commercial break. We'll, right, okay. we'll be right back. Stay tuned. The internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call one 800 350 C-A-L-I. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. 
My guest, Rihanna Carey, is an animal enthusiast, and she sees many opportunities available for private investigators. But before we get in involved in that. We left off at the break with her talking about recipes that she prepares from animals that she actually hunts herself. <laughs> so I want to hear more about this. How, so you, you actually create recipes. Yes, I do. Um, it stems from my friend who actually gave me um, one of her own cookbooks that she wrote herself. Um, for wild game cooking because it really is intimidating. You know, you've got a big roast and you're like, oh, you know, this is uh, not not a beef roast. And even just regular cooking, I mean, I think it, ha- it helps to have recipes to go by. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, did, I did ask a lot, you know, how do you cook this or um, what do you uh, what do you put with it? What, we, you know, complements the, the different meat? Because wild game is a lot different than just a beef you get from the grocery store. So it does have a different taste. And you do kind of have to balance it out with, you know, what you put in it. Okay. So. All right. So uh, is, is, there, is there a book coming out of Wild Game Recipes from, by Rihanna not, Carey? Not in at the moment. I mean, I don't have enough recipes yet. Um, but there is a great, um, a great book by uh, Tiffany and Scott Haugen, which Tiffany's kind of been a little bit of a mentor to me, but... Um, and their their book they have they have a bunch of different ones that are usually available at like Bymart. Um and they've got a wild game cooking book like the uh, the big game um they've got bird uh, bird cooking books and salmon and okay. pretty much any kind you can think about um, with so different ideas. People that are interested in in that th- their books, where would they go to get it? Bymart usually has them, or even online you can go to tiffanyhaugen.com. Uh, I don't know what Bymart is. Is that a store in Eugene? Yeah, it's actually Oregon Chain Store. And I'm pretty sure they have it in other states as well. Maybe it's just the West Coast, but um, they uh, they could you could also get it online on their website, TiffanyHaugen.com. And how do you spell their name? Um, Tiffany is uh, T-I-F-S-A-N-Y, and then Uh Haugen is H-A-U-G-E-N. And okay, then dot great. Com. Yeah. So that's okay. Avenue for anyone that All right. wants some big game cooking books. <laughs> so, Rihanna, you, um, you see some areas that private investigators should be aware of to do uh, investigations. Yes. Uh, there's definitely a lot. Uh, um, and there's also a lot of upcoming laws that are being passed because um, animals, you know, are near and dear to most people's heart. Um, you know, you get a dog, you pamper it, you treat it like your fur child. And um, so I think that people um, who care so much about animals, their own pets, are kind of, um, you know, becoming more aware of what's going on with the animal abuse cases and with the Internet, um, the news. Uh, there's been a lot more um, touching on the cruelty to animals. And so, um, you know, it's kind of spotlighted... Uh, recent cases, and because people are becoming more involved. So um, more legislation is getting passed, and, um, you know, there needs, to be, there needs to be someone that is doing the investigation work mm-hmm. and um, kind of, you know, bringing to light what's really happening. So um, there's a lot of different organizations that actually, you know, work on this. Um, there's uh, the Humane Society of the United States, which they are huge um, in getting laws passed 
and also doing investigations themselves, a lot of times what will happen is, you know, there will be a complaint or somebody uh, notices something and contacts their local humane society. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if they kind of think, oh, you know, there's something not right here, we should contact the actual humane society of the United States. Um, and once you know, they were it, but- they were the ones that exposed the uh, the beef the how how um, cattle were treated when they were yes. going to slaughter yes. a few years and, ago. Yeah, yeah, they have exposed a lot, um, and um, you know something will happen where you know somebody sees something, or even maybe a disgruntled employee of a factory farm or um, something like that will kind of contact them. Um, and they will send out an investigator usually. Um, so there's um, Mercy for Animals does this. There's so many different organizations that actually investigators can get linked up with um, to well, go talk, out and do these Talk about uh, a little bit, Rihanna, about Mercy for Animals. So um, Mercy for Animals is a, a private organization, and most of these are. They're private organizations um, that... Um, will send out investigators, and a lot of it, what they do is um, more towards, um, like, the agriculture business. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a lot of different other ones, but the agriculture business is something that everyone really does care about um, because it's something that everyone consumes. And um, so what they'll do is they'll send out um, investigators with cameras or um, live wires that you can hear what people are talking about or hear what's happening um, and then, um, you know, they'll bring it back to um, the Mercy for Animals, and they release it online. So, um, you know, you can get involved with, like, the law enforcement. It's just kind of, it's been hard because uh, a lot of places don't really, well, there's not a lot that happens to people that, um, you know, abuse animals. I mean, there is, they get fined, um, they, you can get put, put on a list. Um, but a lot of times these corporations, what happens is they, they get a huge fine and like a slap on the hand. And so um, what Mercy for Animals does and Humane Society of the United States, they are trying to pass legislation for like stricter enforcement. And um, so they work on it that way as well. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just looking at some material that I, I printed out from Mercy for Animals. And I, people that are might be interested in this is it is... Uh, Website is www.mercyforanimals.org. But in just in 2013, let's see, they uncovered one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, six investigations. Pretty major things. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. in Wisconsin, uh, they found that uh, workers were viciously kicking, beating, and whipping cows. Mm-hmm. Um, and some were su- suffering from open wounds and infections, and workers were dragging cows by their legs and all mm-hmm. kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was, um, there was one that um, was like the piglets, and um, they were being ripped away from their mother um, straight at birth, and um, they would be kicking them and throwing them across the room. And, you know, these mother piglets, they, I mean, they can, or these mother pigs, they can see mm. what's happening, and they would be screaming and the babies are just you know they don't they don't know what's going on but still it is it's horrific watching some of these videos that yeah they have on this there. was i mean that was it's, that was the one in in minnesota i think and they were ripping off their testicles yes. and just 
uh, hitting and throwing them and just, uh, it's pretty amazing. I, and this, you know, these kind of things really don't hit the news. We hear if it's really, uh, usually hits the local news, like this probably yeah. was in Minnesota, it was probably big news. It didn't hit the West Coast for sure. No. Um, and, and there's, I mean, there's just so, there's so many things. Like if you go to any of these websites, there's another one, um, www.animalvisuals.org. And um, that takes you through all of recent cases where they're at, whether they're, um, you know, chickens, cows, fish. Um, there's, there's just so much. There's a wealth of information that if people get online to look at this, I mean, mm-hmm. they might not go to the grocery store to get their food at all. You right. know, it's, <laughs> yes. it's really disturbing some of the things that people think is okay to do to animals. Um, and, you know, why would you want to eat that? I mean, why would you want to eat an animal that had been tortured? You know, you know that that probably reflects in their, the quality of the meat, of course. And then another big thing, um, one that I found was just absolutely disgusting. Um, in uh, 2007, the Humane Society caught um, Westland Hallmark. Um, they busted a California plant for dumping 37 million pounds of downed cow beef into uh, national low-cost or free school lunch programs. And downed cow beef is like the cows that have broken legs. They can't walk. Um, you know, they're left sitting on uh, the concrete for hours, you know, maybe even days, and as long as they can survive. Um, and that is the meat that gets slaughtered and then put into, you know, the free lunch program at school. Um, our our government actually bought it for like 156 million dollars. Yeah, is that uh, so, Rihanna? Is that because they can sell it at a lower a lower price, and that's yes. why they're buying it? Yes, they can sell okay. it at a lower price. You know, it's not something that um, is approved in the stores to sell to um, a supplier, but we can sell it to the free lunch program or low cost meals. <laughs> so. Um, that that actually put the um, put the company out of business. So uh, there definitely is uh, some backlash on um, when those kind of things come to light. Uh-huh. Um, but it definitely is something to think about when you're sending your kid to school, or you know, I, it's it's definitely getting better. This was in 2007, and it takes big cases like this for people to kind of have a more realization. Well, there's What's going on. Interestingly enough, just today the news um, is evidently Congress is looking at reducing funding to school lunch programs, and uh, uh, Michelle Obama is coming out against uh, that effort. So uh, <laughs> it ties right into buying beef for low cost for school mm-hmm. lunch programs, and that's wow. kind of where the problem lies. Is you know, we're the um, country that does mass production for the lowest cost. And, um, you know, it, it puts pressure. And plus, these companies are for profit, obviously. So um, anything that they can do to cut corners or, you know, they're hiring employees at a low cost rate. Um, you know, you don't need a degree to work at a factory farm, obviously. And, um, you know, some people are uneducated or... Um, you know, they really just don't care. Or a lot of people are out of, you know, um, prison. There are um, a lot of that or illegal 
um, immigrants working there that, you know, obviously there's supposed to be things against that, but it definitely happens. And so they just, they don't care about these animals. And, um, you know, you see one person doing it and they, they jump in line and do it too. So it's, it's just a really big problem that, um, yeah. Okay. Is, well, hard, Rihanna, so. <laughs> we need to take, we actually need to take another break. We'll return right. just in a moment. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declassified. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Diana Carey and I are talking about various kinds of animal investigations. And let me just say that that regardless, this is an emotional topic. When, when people start talking about animals and treatment of animals, uh, it can be... Um, it can be very explosive. So let me just say that investigators are fact finders. So regardless of which side of the fence you're working on, uh, just like criminal defense versus prosecution, you need a fact finder. You need a fact finder. If somebody is abusing an animal um, and, say, Mercy for Animals is investigating it, they need to have good fact finders. Now, I don't know whether Mercy for Animals um, hi- actually hires people or whether these are people that are, are doing it volunteer. But um, nevertheless, there are cases, uh, could be civil cases, uh, could be criminal cases, where there needs to be an investigation done regardless of your personal feelings about animals. So... Uh, <laughs> You had you had some examples or some situations that you thought would be uh, important for people to hear about. Yeah, well, um, in the article that I wrote, um, I read one that was definitely, um, 
you know, very emotional. And there was a lot of uh, information put in it that was very, you know, uh, pro, um, anti, you know, animal abuse. And so uh, it was uh, called Belly of the Beast. Um, it was an article done by um, Rolling Stone, um, Paul Solar Taras. Um, is his name, who wrote it. And it goes in depth about two investigators, um, one they called Sarah, um, who went into a factory farm for um, um, pigs, and then Juan, who went into um, a factory farm with, like, um, let's see, it was chickens and roosters and hens. And um, it just talks about their journey on... Uh, something that was really, really hard for them because these people who are doing the investigations most of the time, they are doing it because they love animals. And the things that they see are just so terrible. Um, and, you know, it makes, it makes them question why they're doing it because mm-hmm. um, it's something that's really hard for them. But then, you know, you think of the greater good there and um, the things that came out of it, um, they definitely had some... Um, some wins uh, after they were in these factories. And it's a really interesting article. Um, there's a lot of emotion in it. So um, it's uh, on the Rolling Stones website. Um, if you go to feature Belly of the Beast, it's a really interesting article. And yeah. I feel like it's really well done. It's got a lot of good um, information in there. And I use a lot of it for my article. So Yeah. And the, and the author's name is spelled uh, S like Sam, O-L-O-T-A-R-O-F-F, F yes. like Frank, F like Frank, Paul. Solo tariff or yes. something. I hope that's close. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, um, that one definitely has a lot of um, un- uncensored information and pictures and um, things like that. So um, that's a good one. And also touches on something that's so important that's been going on is these ag gag bills um, that are really hindering uh, investigators' ability to kind of do uh, their job. And, um, there's been a lot of ag passed. Actually, there's only in six states. Um, there's Iowa, Missouri, Utah, Montana, North Dakota, and Kansas. And actually just passed in uh, Idaho uh, in 2014. So um, that's a new one. Um, it did fail in some states like Kentucky, Arizona, and Indiana. Um, but these bills are crippling to investigators um, that want to investigate in the factory farming because... Um, it is um, definitely pro-agribusness, um, and they sponsor a lot of the bills uh, aimed at silencing animal abuse and whistleblowers, but um, it's basically saying, and all ag-gag bills are kind of worded differently and um, say different things, like you can't record or uh, you, can't, you can't apply for a job without disclosing that you have an investigative path or, um, you know, it's, it's just pretty much taking away investigators' ability to apply to these places and film or do any type of videotaping um, or any type of video recording at all. So, so, there's, in- so there's the whistleblower side that could oh, yeah. be investigation, and then there's the business side if somebody, if there's a business owner that is concerned about 
somebody that might be retaliating against them for whatever reason, a whistleblower type. Uh, there's that mm-hmm. type of investigation. And, and let, me, um, let me talk about just for a second, Rihanna, about the uh, Animal Enterprise Terrorism Act. Yes. Because this this act is significant. It was mm-hmm. passed in 2000, or I think signed into law in 2006 or seven, mm-hmm. And uh, this is directed at people who are concerned about animal testing, like in laboratories, pharmaceutical mm-hmm. companies, that kind of thing. And so uh, there's been a lot of... Um, there's been well, actually there's two very significant cases: one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast. The Shack Seven was on the East Coast, and the mm-hmm. I can't remember. There were four people on the West Coast, um, and the act is really for for people that are are breaking into uh, facilities and doing damage and mm-hmm. hurting people and that kind of thing. But it also extends to people that are just demonstrating. Mm-hmm. Silent demonstrations, yes, it does. Well, not uh, necessarily so silent, but demonstrations, <laughs> nevertheless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Well, you call it the silent words, not the... Uh, but it definitely is uh, something that, you know, to be called a terrorist in your own country about, you know, animal rights is a little excessive, it seems to me. But um, it definitely is something that... Um, I don't think anyone's really been charged under it, but it still is there, and it still is really Oh, they scary. have been charged. They have been charged under it. Was it the... the I, but they didn't get jail time or anything, right? Uh, there the was people, no... The people back east did, yes, uh, seven years. The people on the west coast did not, but they went through several years of uh, litigation represented by attorneys... It was very, very serious. Wow. That one I'm not as um, knowledge about, but definitely does not sound like it's something that's good. So there's yeah. definitely the, the King Amendment was another one um, that was a disastrous um, thing that didn't happen, which is good. But um, there was uh, the Farm Bill that was passed uh, last year, but there was an amendment um, that a... Um, that would hinder the farm, well, a part of the farm bill um, that would put strong federal penalties on um, people who were, um, oh, the King Bill. Okay, sorry, I was looking at something different. But the King Bill was um, trying to, like, in, in California, it's uh, illegal to, you know, sell milk from cows that have been, um, it's the crating. They, they just passed a law about crating animals and that they aren't supposed to be crated or, you know, and they have stricter penalties on milk that is produced by um, dairy farmers. Um, mm-hmm. But the King Amendment was saying that um, Idaho could come and sell milk in California, that, that California's laws against that wouldn't apply to um, outside sources of, you know, milk or beef or whatever. So, um, well, that doesn't case, make any sense. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It didn't get passed. It didn't get passed. But um, it was saying that, um, you know, yeah, you can have that law in your own state, basically taking away, you know, state laws in other in other states. Like, you could sell it here, but um, since it's from Idaho, you know, that, that, that law doesn't apply. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really make sense, and that one was actually taken out of the Farm Bill, which was kind of a win, but... 
there were people that were trying to get it passed. Um, you'd be surprised people, you know, paying money for, um, for, for legislation passes um, because it will benefit, you know, their people who support them and, and give them, give their parties money. So it definitely yeah. is, is an interesting thing, but there's, there's so much, it's just like such a broad spectrum of new laws that are coming out and, you know, there's a lot of stuff we can touch on. So, yeah. And, and one of the things I thought was interesting in your article, Rihanna, was, um, the information you were providing about the use of horse meat and yes. that it's getting, uh, involved in the American diet as well, which yes. I, without us even knowing it. And this is something that, um, actually recently there's been the new, um, uh, kibosh on it. They put the kibosh on it. So, um, what happened, this is kind of an interesting thing, um, horse slaughter is illegal in the United States, and it has been. Well, actually, it was for a while. They brought it back saying that slaughtering um, horses in America would be okay um, if we, you know, send it somewhere else, um, send the meat somewhere else. You know, we wouldn't sell it here, um, but we could <laughs> slaughter horses. <laughs> also and, makes no sense. Exactly, exactly. It really doesn't. Um, but, you know, there's, it's, people eat it in other countries. So, mm-hmm. like Asia and, you know, Europe, people like that are big on um, horse meat. And so, um, we would slaughter it and then send it somewhere else. Well, it actually, um, the law against it ran out, I think, in 2011. Um, and so, there were factories getting ready to um, start the process of horse slaughter. And um, the state, the USDA was, uh, is the one that inspects it, inspects the um, horse slaughtering factories, and, um, you know, we just didn't have the funds for it. So that's kind of how it got caught up is, well, yeah, it's legal now, but um, we're not going to let you do it because we don't, we can't come out and investigate the facility. Um, so that was kind of what was keeping them from doing it. So mm-hmm. then the horse slaughtering plants, put a lawsuit against um, the government saying, hey, you guys aren't letting us do this. I mean, come on, we want to get going. Come and, and inspect our facilities. Give us the go. Give us the licensing, and, and we'll start. Well, that happened, and then the Humane Society of the United States put a lawsuit on as well saying, well, how are you going to inspect this horse meat? Where are these horses coming from? How right. are you going to yeah. know if it was a racehorse that had um, steroid injections or mm-hmm. what this horse was treated with? How can you tell that this meat is safe? Um, you all know, good we don't want to send out... Hmm? All, all good questions. Yes. And so, um, you know, there was that that happened. So it just has been tied up in litigation um, for quite some time, but just um, on, on um, a new bill um, that was passed, um, let's see, just this, in this year, um, the U.S. Senate Committee voted in favor um, of preventing horse slaughter in, um, for human consumption on U.S. soil. So, um, Wow. Okay, we got to take another break, Rihanna. Wow. More to come with Rihanna Carey and her observations on animal investigations and emerging trend. Don't go away. News. 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 News.
Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declassified. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to PIs Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to F R A N C I E at PIsDeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. It's a pleasure today to have Rihanna Carey with me with her view of the need for private investigators to concentrate on animal investigations. And Rihanna, you were just, we were just talking about horse slaughter in the the United States. Yes. And, you know, now just because it's uh, illegal to to slaughter horses on our own soil, there still is a loophole that um, a lot of animal activists are trying to get closed um, where it is okay for us to send horses. Um, across the border to Mexico or Canada and have them slaughtered there for human consumption. So just because it's illegal here doesn't mean that it's not happening. So kind of one thing that the that the horse slaughter places here were saying is, well, if we do it here, at least we know that it's being done in a humane, humane <laughs> way. You know, we're right. going to do it better than they would in Mexico or <sighs> in Canada. But, you know, still it's um, something that that we're working on trying to get closed with um, the loophole is sending mm-hmm. sending horses off. So, yeah. and it's interesting. Wow. There was something I talked about in my article too that was just crazy to me. Um, you know, obviously it's it's okay and it's regular to eat horses in other countries, but um, in um, with a French pharmaceutical firm that used horses for rabies um, and other disease testing. Um, it was believed that they had sold, they had forged documents and sold horses um, to be slaughtered, and they reached the food chain in France and perhaps Britain of this horse meat that was used um, for testing for different types of um, virus and, um, <laughs> and making serums for rabies. And it's just mm-hmm. crazy that that had actually reached the market and people were consuming that. So. That's another thing where it's like it's a big win because, you know, 
how do you how do you know where the meat is really coming from? There's so many different ways people can get around um, telling yeah, you know really, what kind of horse it was. So. That's really true, and yeah. you know we haven't even touched on. Um, the I mean, we, this we've been talking about agribusiness, of course, but we haven't even touched on gaming like cockfighting or bullfighting or um, you know uh, pet stores where there's oh. abuse of animals or kennels where there's abuse mm-hmm. of of animals. There, I mean, there's so many areas mm-hmm. that could be either a civil suit. Or a criminal criminal cases, cockfighting mm-hmm. is often charged as a criminal case in the United States. Yeah, and actually, there was just a big one of the biggest busts. As many as three thousand fighting roosters seized um, from an animal fighting ring, um, spanning from Queens, Kings, and um, Ulster counties in New York. So it was one of the biggest one. There was um, uh, three thousand roosters rescued from a ninety-acre farm that were all being used for cockfighting. Mm-hmm. And so this was like a big victory for, um, you know, New York that they found this. But, I mean, there's probably just four more like them. So um, it's really a big deal trying to manage cockfighting or even dogfighting. I mean, dogfighting, right. Pit, pit bulls being raised to, and taught to fight. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, I just don't, I don't understand how people can do it, but I mean, it's happening all over the place. And I mean, in this country and, and in others, it's it's big in, you know, Mexico and, you know, this is, it's not just in the United States. I mean, there's even like so much going on in other countries that is just like, uh, I think we're here in the United States are one of the best with like putting laws together and, you know, um, shedding light on what's going on. But there's definitely a lot of problems in, in other places right now. So well, and I'm sure. I mean, if, uh, I'm sure people who are listening to this show, if you're an investigator and you want to volunteer your time to one of these organizations, if you if if this is where your heart is, Mercy mm-hmm. for Animals is one. Um, ASPCA would be another. Yeah, um, and the Humane Society of the United States. They actually do. They pay. They hire. And instead of the um, so does American Society for the Prevention of Animal Cruelty. I mean, they, they hire you um, to do investigations. So you can get paid doing it as well. So, you know, it's not just volunteer, but, um, you know, there's also the whole side of it of um, pet trust. And, you know, there's a brighter side to it as well. Um, and, you know, jobs for investigators, it can happen there. And another one is that's um, been interesting to me is lost pets. Finding lost pets. Uh-huh. That's another uh-huh. way that investigators can, um, you know, use their time if you want to help people. Because people will pay. I know if my dog went missing, I would pay to get her found. So um, there's a lot of different ways that investigators can, um, you know, find jobs in the new and upcoming animal animal realm of things. So You know, Rihanna, let me just come back to this, um, the Terrorism Act information, because mm-hmm. I, I have an article here that is entitled um, FBI. This is a, an article um, from Regent University, and it's the title of the article is FBI says activists who investigate factory farms can be prosecuted as terrorists. Mm-hmm. And that the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force has kept files on activists who expose these welfare abuses and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, so let me just caution people that are interested in this to be careful as well. Because like mm-hmm. you said, 
you have if you're applying for a position and your background as an investigator, you have to disclose that to one of these yeah. agribusinesses as well. And that I think that that's where I found that no one had been prosecuted before is with the um, the factory farming and investigation for that. I think someone tried to be charged for it. Uh, yeah. tried to get someone charged underneath that act, and the judge threw it out. He was like, "This is no way. Am I gonna am I gonna delve into this?" And so um, I think that that's kind of where there's a potential for them to get charged, of course, and mm-hmm. you can be, but. You know, I don't know. I don't know how strict um, a judge would be on something like that. Yeah. You know, that's a yeah. very good question, and that's kind of where things are. You know, heading is a lot of people don't think that animals come before humans, and so with the courts flooding with human cases, you know, what means that animal cases are going to get fit get put before human cases or, um, you know, that's kind of something that um, people need to realize is that there's still, um, animals are still kind of pushed off the side, even in our own country with the laws. And, um, well, let, like let, me, let me just read this piece. That's uh, in this article. It says the FBI makes clear that the Animal in Enterprise Terrorism Act is not about protecting public safety. It is about protecting corporate profits. Mm-hmm. And then it says the truth is that this terrorism law has been slowly, methodically expanded to include the tactics of national organizations like the Humane Society of the United States. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to imagine that the Humane Society would be a target. Um, but it does look like they are. Mm-hmm. It's just oh, terrible to think about. But really, I mean, how could that be wrong? You know, outing what's really happening. I mean, mm-hmm. isn't that our amendment right that we can, you know, speak or <laughs> it's just, it's crazy that they would. Well, you think that. that if, if, if somebody's doing something wrong and you're going in to investigate it, whether, you, whether you're an employee that's a whistleblower or whether you're outside party or you've just observed something or you're just standing on the sidelines uh, videotaping something, that it, it mm-hmm. should be your right to do that. But it, uh, often it isn't. I know that was another part of a piece of my article I had written. Is there was a woman who was on, on the side of the road filming a downed cow getting abused at a factory farm. And she videotaped it with her cell phone. And she actually got um, charged with a crime. Um, but then mm-hmm. later on, they found out that she was really standing on private prop- or, uh, public land. And so she ended up getting acquitted of the charges. But still, I mean, she could have, I think there was like a, a $2,000 fine or, let me see. yeah, um, she, yeah. Po- she faced a possible jail sentence and her fines up to $2,500 because uh, a filming a downed cow on a factory farm. I mean, that's just crazy that that um, would happen, but she did. She got in trouble, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me also mention, uh, interesting enough, I've, I located, and we're going to, I'm going to close with this. There is a law enforcement training institute, institute out of the University of, of Missouri. I can't talk. University, University of, of Missouri, Missouri Extension yep. called the National Animal Cure cruelty investigation school so mm-hmm. if people are interested in that there you go it's um, University of Missouri Extension Law Enforcement Training Institute 
Yeah, so, they've got a good curriculum from what it sounds like of yeah. um, people who are interested in that. So. Well, Rihanna, thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been fascinating. Yeah, um, thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And Talking for our that. listeners, tune in again next week as we declassify more real stories from real investigators. And Rihanna has become one. It's PIs Declassified. <laughs> I'm Francie Kaler. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to PIs Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call one 800 350 C-A-L-I. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.